Welcome back to Word on Wearside with me, Chris Mills, and I'm joined by Sam Pringle. And on today's episode, we're discussing Sunderland Till I Die. We'll be discussing the documentary of broadcaster and Sunderland fan Tom Watt, as well as Sunderland fan group Spirit of 37, as we look back at previous series and the newly announced third series to hear their views on the documentary that captured the attention of many around the world. A Sunderland fan, like from the desperation and the horror, well, it's the loss that pretty much any Sunderland supporter has experienced, and it was only getting worse. Hopefully, it will show that the club is being run a lot better now because it is. I know that for a fact. But it'll have a, a lot happier ending. This is Word on We Are Side. I'm joined by Sam Pringle from the Wednesday Sports Show. Sam, how are you doing? Uh, not bad, thank you. For once, we're not joined by Rob Rush, so it should be a bit of a quieter afternoon, I think. But yeah, glad to be here. Good, good. Obviously, we're here to talk about Sun Until I Die. The new series was recently announced. Should be a, a lot different what's shown in this series, you'd think. Yeah, and uh, as we get into the interviews, our interviewees talk about a more positive side to the newer series. And yeah, it, the, the club seems to be on a bit of an up at the minute. And speaking of those interviewees... The first one I think we'll get on to straight away. Tom White from Sky Sports was very kind to give up his time and speak to us about it. So without further ado, here's Tom White. In terms of the perception of the club, I think it shone a light in, in a negative way about maybe the inner workings of football clubs that the casual fan may not have known. It was good to see what was going on behind the scenes, but there was a lot of negative things happening behind the scenes. A lot of people at the club players at a board level, they may have come across in quite a bad way. But in terms of shining a light on Sunderland fans and the city, it was brilliant. The fans came out of it very well. Everybody knows that the Sunderland fans and Northeast football fans in general are very passionate and very loyal. And it was very clear to see with all of the fans that were spoken to and just the huge numbers of fans that were go to away games despite the fact that things aren't going very well, whether that be on the first series or the second series. In general, very, very positive about Sunderland fans. Wasn't so positive about the football club as a whole. And working for a national news organisation as you do, did you see a change in how the club were reported at all? Over the years, Sunderland, every football club has, has had times where they're a bit of a laughing stock. And Sunderland have been a laughing stock in the past because of just terrible results. Like we went down with a record low number of points from the Premier League, which I think at the time was 18. Then we went and beat our own record by going down with 15 points. We were a laughing stock because of, of how poor we were on the pitch. That second series, and that's happened at every club. That's, that's, nothing, that's nothing new. The second series, we became a laughing stock off the pitch because our owners at the time, um, and although I thought one of them actually came across quite well, he also came across as very much out of his depth. And one of the other owners came a- across as a complete buffoon. And people were like, how on earth is he running that club? And that, that, re- that, that reflected negatively on the club as a whole. And that was quite new because nobody knew that. So in terms of the the way where the club is reported on by people like myself and, and Sky and newspapers and such like. A little change in that regard, but in general, the way we're reported on is now we're far more known worldwide because of that documentary. 
uh, Netflix is worldwide. It was incredible viewing figures for it. And actually the club gained a lot of fans who would have potentially never even barely heard of the club. Um, so in, in that sense, a lot of good came out of it and, uh, and changes on how we reported abroad. Yes, not massively over here. And obviously the third series has just been announced. Is this something you're probably looking forward to a bit more? And it'll obviously show the club in a different light going forwards. Well, it'll have a, a lot happier ending. <laughs> so we might not, we might not, um, uh, uh, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable because the, the last two series, as Sunderland fans and as, as fans over here in, in the UK and Ireland, we, we all knew what the ending was. We knew the ending was relegation and then failing in the playoff final in the, in the first two series, which made which was a lot of fun for, for other clubs. I know that particularly Newcastle fans have, have enjoyed the chant. We, we saw you crying on Netflix because we were crying on Netflix both, both times. It was, it was dreadful. This time we'll be celebrating at the end of it on Netflix. Uh, you mentioned there about your views on it uh, as a fan. Do you have a different view on the documentary, like a journalistic sense and a fan sense, or is it kind of the same same view? Yeah, well, as a, as a fan, I'm watching it purely as, as entertainment. I do watch pretty much every sporting, anything on TV to do with sport, I do look at it from, from a different light, naturally. And in terms of the documentary, it is very well put together, but there are a couple of things that, you think that probably could have been better. You know, like for instance, there's there's games going on around Christmas time where it's pouring with rain or or even even some snow, and it'll cut to a crowd shot and it's blazing sunshine with everyone in shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> and you think, I'm sure there's enough crowd shots that you took in winter where you could have cut away to angry fans at, or the rare occasion where you're happy fans in that one as well. So from a tele, rather than a gen, journalistic side of things, from a television side of things, I, there, there was a few things I noticed. Not, not, nothing that, that spoiled the enjoyment of it because it was very, very good. Uh, journalistic side, I think it was very good. It, you, what you have to do from a journalist is, is give both sides of the story. And I know that although, like in the first series, Jack Rodwell came across very badly, they did try to get Jack Rodwell to give his side of the story, and he didn't want to. So although he was given an opportunity to maybe get the viewers to be a bit more sympathetic towards him, he decided not to take that opportunity. So journalistically, no problems. Editorially, a few. I think that's a good point Tom makes as well about editorially. We're seeing with other series like Drive to Survive about the F1 that it's been dramatised to show what really, what hasn't happened but it's trying to bring in this new audience to enjoy a film, which it has. It, it works, but it'll be interesting to see what this new uh, series shows. I agree with you, Chris. I think Tom made some very interesting points regarding the documentary as a whole, especially with the editing when he talks about uh, during a summer game, you'll see the fans in the winter coats, and as you say, it dramatises the events of the show that's going on. And funnily enough, uh, our next guest, the Spirit of 37, a couple of the lads agreed, and we'll get on to that now. I think the first series, uh, certainly the, 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 the fans have shown a really good light. I think ultimately um, it showed 
a little bit about what it's like to be a Sonnen fan, like the desperation and the horror uh, for, for an entire season. And, and, and I think the fans, um, the fans came out in a really good light. Um, obviously, there were some scenes that I didn't really kind of take to, but um, I think the fans as a whole um, came across really well in the first series. I think the second series, they yeah. kind of took a bit of a left turn on it and, and, they didn't necessarily cut the fans out altogether, but the focus of the second series is completely different to the first one. I think the, the, the second series obviously had the stuff with uh, Donald Methvin coming in, and that was the big news for the for the entire series. And 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 they focused for me a little bit too much on on Donald Methvin and and less on the fans. But the first series, I think the fans came across really well. There were certain aspects of it that had been quite cleverly edited. Um, there was there were certain scenes that they put in that were, that they were linking to certain games, but having been involved in that game or been to that match myself, then it was clear that they'd they'd put in certain things and they'd edited it to make it look a certain way. I feel like they've done a pretty good job and they they put us across in a pretty decent light. And like I say, putting the putting the supporters at the front of it contrasts nicely with what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, so so for me, I think it was at the time, yeah. Probably wasn't great, um, and there was a lot of people poking fun of fun of us. And I think a lot of teams come to the stadium light and, and, and sing, you know, we saw you crying on Netflix and all that sort of stuff. And and you've just got to take that on the chin. But I think for us, it gave us that that, that kind of global um, as a Sun and supporter. And this is this is bringing more local than than, than global. But as a Sun and supporter. We were going through hell at the time, you know. It was it was really really hideous what we were seeing on the pitch, and you know, you know how it feels when your team's not performing well. It kind of brought a little bit of solidarity. Um, the, the documentary really spoke to a lot of people beyond Sunderland uh, who are going through similar things with their team. So I think that's why it was quite important to have it as a, a, a kind of global a global show. I think. Over a long period of time, there was there was just this decay setting into the bones of Sonnen a little bit. I don't think we're back to glory days. Um, and 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 if we're being absolutely honest, a League One team coming into the Championship and staying clear of relegation, that's a success. That's something that you know we should be aiming for. I don't want to kind of do down and and, and be negative about you know Sonnen Football Club, but realistically. That's kind of where we need to be this season. Um, and, and and next season, let's see what happens. Let's see what, you know, youngsters come through, what signings we make. Uh, but the expectation that I think existed within the Premier League has drifted quite substantially. And I think that, that, that change in mindset for, for, for supporters has been an important thing in all of that. We're now in a position where we've got a whole squad of players that, if they get it right, will go on to bigger and better things. In the past, players have been coming here for a kickabout. Um, but you look at the likes of Ross Stewart, you look, look at the likes of Jack Clark, um, Adji Elise, Dennis Serkin, um, all these players that are now here because they want to better themselves. And if they're going to better themselves, they're going to have to perform at Sunderland. It's that simple. Um, they're going to have to put the hard work in. They're going to have to get Sunderland into a position where we can celebrate our own success. There wasn't a massive expectation to come up and smash the championship there was a definite change in attitude in the fact that we were more accepting of this is where we this is where we're at can we now go to the next step and this is just for me step one on the journey that Kirill and uh, Christian Speakman are hoping to take us on but I really do hope and 
I believe that some of the sports will stick with the club if they, if they can see that what's happening is worthwhile. If they see that the decisions that have been made are working out for the club. And for me, a lot of the decisions on the playing staff, um, they are working out. We are signing a lot of good young players that are making a name for themselves already. So fingers crossed the whole fan base stick stick with the club and stick with the ownership and trust in the process because it is going to be a long journey back to where we want to be. Thank you to Michael and Jamie from the Spirit of 37 for giving up their time as well. Um, some more interesting points about the series, obviously, from a more fan perspective. I know Tom White is a fan as well, but these are the people that go week in, week out. What do you make of it? I think the most uh, interesting comparison of the two was the way they talked about how the club was perceived by viewers around the world uh, compared to the fans, because they both mentioned in Series 1 about how you know the ownership wasn't you know they weren't portrayed greatly and that was probably because what they were doing inside the club how they were running the club and then series two starts to improve and there uh, you see that and with the, the fans were you know they were portrayed fantastically throughout both series tom white mentioned you know northeast fans being the fa- best fans in the country and i think it showed and i think netflix did a good job of portraying that i agree with the agree with the both of them so do i thank you for your time sam thank you for you for listening This has been Word on Wearside. We'll be back with another episode covering another local topic soon.